Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Jubilee, Jubilee, beast, beast, Cyclops. Cyclops is always doing this where he's like, no, my eyes. It's like, dude, it hurts him when he does it. Yeah, I. I, here's here's a question. How does like Cyclops Cyclops the laser shoots wherever he's looking, right? Yeah. How does he ever miss? Have you ever looked at something and <laughs> missed? They have to be moving really fast. Be like, oh darn, I can't move my head fast enough. But he seems to miss constantly. He's got to like press the little button on his visor. It's like, oh, I was too. trying to look at that, but I looked at this other thing instead. Also, like the. Every time he takes off his glasses in like the show and oh. the video games or whatever, it's insanely powerful. Yeah. I can't believe it's like, oh, here come the, our biggest enemies. Like, dude, just take your glasses off and yeah. just stare at them for 10 seconds. <laughs> you don't I even think stare we at them. Just stare in their general yeah. vicinity. <laughs> it's like, look, we'll hold your head in place and we'll use you like a cannon turnaround. Anyway, what's up, everybody? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. Which we're now turning into the X-Men <laughs> comics podcast. Yeah, clearly we are very qualified to talk about this subject. <laughs> Kessler out there is just shaking his head being like, these guys guys. know nothing. Uh, I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. So we're in the middle of it. Commander Ikoria, Commander 20 season. We are doing our deck upgrades, our budget deck upgrades. We're happy we can finally talk about this one because we've had to hold off until the main set Ikoria was previewed because, well, this is the enhanced evolution, the Sultai Mutate Commander deck. And this was really one of the calling cards for this year's commander set in that the reason they wanted to tie it to a main set is so that the main set mechanic could be used in the commander product. Right. Remember when energy was in Kaladesh and it was like, man, wouldn't it be cool to build an energy commander deck? It was like, well, there aren't enough cards. But now because the commander precons are coming out at the same time as the main set, they can actually use one of the main mechanics from the set into a precon commander deck, which is really exciting. Yeah. So this is the mutate deck. Pretty cool. We're going to talk. We're going to do what we've done with all the decks, which is... 
talk about how to get it up to speed and playing with regular decks with just few additions for a $25 to $30 budget. So you can cheaply and quickly get this ready to go against quote unquote real decks. 10 cards out, 10 cards in. Yep, but before we get into that, you're gonna wanna purchase these decks. You can go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. Whenever you use it to purchase magic product, singles, anything at all really, it doesn't even have to be magic related. Anything from their site that you purchase using the affiliate link will directly help to support yes. our channel and all of our content. Obviously there's a lot going on in the world right now. Some of Card Kingdom's operations have been reduced, so please check on their website to make sure that they can fulfill your order in time. But if you're listening to this at some point in the future when the COVID crisis is over, then they'll be back to normal and yeah. hopefully everybody will be back to normal. And anytime using that affiliate link will help us out. Yep. And another big sponsor of the show, as always, is Ultra Pro. You see their playmats. We use them all the time. They are also the ones that are going to be helping out and making awesome stuff to theme your decks around these new mechanics and these new card arts. And they've got awesome stuff always on the way. And again, like Josh said, with Card Kingdom, things are a bit different now with the COVID crisis, but that doesn't mean that you still can't support all the Ultra Pro products you might find in a store right now or in the future when they're back to normal as well. So a big thank you, as always, to Ultra Pro for helping us deck out our stuff and make it nice and safe and protect our cards. And the final way to support all of our content, probably the easiest way at the moment, is patreon.com slash command zone. You can contribute to our stuff directly. You get a bunch of perks depending on what tier level you're at. You can hang out with Jimmy and I in our Discord server. We're in there all the time these days yes. answering questions and just, you know, generally musing about magic and the X-Men uh, <laughs> constantly. And uh, yeah, you also constantly. get other perks like getting to see game nights before anybody else. All kinds of cool stuff. Really is uh, a lean time for a lot of people. So if you do have the ability to support us on Patreon, we do super appreciate it. And uh, a quick plug, uh, content is obviously the thing that everyone's watching right now. And Josh and the team are doing the post-production for the EDH Rec cast. That's all of those guys over at EDH Rec. They do an awesome podcast. And Josh and the team have now spruced it up with some top quality high level animations and the format i mean how would you describe it we've leveled them up it looks great visually it looks really really good their topics have always been awesome we're yeah. just trying to like raise the visuals up to that level and yeah you're right everyone's spending a lot more time at home these days rightfully so so uh staying safe you know self-quarantining uh what is it social distancing yes this is what we should all be doing and you need more stuff to watch and edh recast is is another great thing to watch also we have a ton of bonus content that's been coming out and is going to continue right. for the little bit of the future here because there's so much products uh, being announced, so many cool new cards being revealed. So make sure to sub subscribe to us on YouTube, hit that notification button, subscribe to the EDH Recast as, as well. That's pretty cool. Oh, yes, we sir. forgot though. Oh yeah. Back to Patreon. We do shout out one lucky patron oh, every single right. episode. <laughs> uh, so man, we almost missed you, but we remembered. That's right. This episode is dedicated to Joe Lucier or Lucier. Probably Lucier. Joe, you rock. You rock, buddy. All right, let's get into it. The Sultai Morph and ev Enhanced Evolution Precon Mutate. Mutate. Quick Mutate. upgrade guide. Uh, same as with the rest. 10 cards in, 10 cards out. Total budget of around $25. As with the others, we're just not going to touch the mana base. It'll play fine with the mana base as is. Obviously, if you have shocks and fetches and stuff like that, put them in. Yes. Okay. All right. So there are four new cards that can work as commander, uh, and two of them are partners. But we're going to talk about the one on the front of the box first. It's Otrimi the Ever Playful. It's three and Sultai, so black, green, and blue for a 6-6 six, six legendary creature nightmare beast. It has the first instance of what we're going to call Mutate. It's a new mechanic, and it says Mutate for one black, green, and blue. If you cast this spell for its mutate cost, put it over or under target non-human creature you own. 
they mutate into the creature on top as well as plus all of the abilities from under it. And Otrimi itself, the text on Otrimi is trample, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature card with mutate from your graveyard to your hand. Okay, should we talk about how mutate works real fast before we jump into the other ones? Let's just simply, little... we're going to go into it uh, more detailed later, but yeah, basically, remember, you can only mutate onto non-humans, and then you pick, we'll keep it simple, you mutate onto a, a card that doesn't have any other mutate cards onto it, right? right? So then between the two, it's going to get all the abilities of both cards, but only one of the power and toughnesses, whichever one's on top. Mm -hmm. So Trimie's a 6-6, six, six. you're usually going to put it on top, but if you happen to mutate on something that was like an 8-8, eight, eight, you'd put that card on top. Because it still gets the abilities of what's on Otrimi's card. This is basically like the fixed or fair version of Host Augment mm -hmm. from uh, Unsanctioned. And I think Mark has said so, or I don't know. Anyway, this is how I think about it in my mind. Um, and the, the, the difference here is that normally you would think the power and toughness is add together, but they don't. So you only get one power and toughness. And you can mutate onto a mutated creature. So you could get a stack of like four or five cards if they all had mutate except for the one non-human. Yep. Uh, but you'll still only get one of the power and toughnesses out of all that. And basically, you choose based on putting it on top and bottom. So, listen, it's going to be more complicated than that when we really go into it here in a second. Because it seems very simple. And then you start getting into, like, what the happens mechanics. about this? What yeah. about that? And then it gets crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're basically putting two creatures on top of each other. They're going to get all the abilities. But it's going to keep most of the text from the top creature in terms of the CMC as well as the power and toughness. Okay. Let's talk about the other commander that's by itself. There is a partner pairing. It's... Zaxara, the exemplary. Just like the pronunciation you had, I'm sure. Zaxara likes X's. <laughs> There's two in there. Okay. Uh, it's one in Sultai, so one black, green, blue. Four mana total for a 2-3 Nightmare Hydra, legendary creature, of course, has Death Touch, and you can tap Zaxara and add two mana of any one color hmm. to your mana pool. And then it says, whenever you cast a spell with X in its mana cost... Create a 0, zero green Hydra creature token, then put X11 one, one counters on it. So if you cast any spell with X in its mana cost, you get an XX Hydra. Equal to X. That's pretty crazy. Just tack on like a 5-5 five, five onto your fireball that did 5 damage. That's a simple case, but obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that's And Zexara taps for 2 mana, so adds to whatever that X is going to be by quite a decent amount yeah and x cards are very there are a lot of x hydra cards hydras yeah. that have x in the cost so obviously zexara wants to be friends with them it is a nightmare hydra itself but that's a lot of value pretty cool hydra tribal three color i like it yeah it's a four mana add two mana so it's similar to a mana rock of sorts but this is also a creature and that gives you a big bonus anytime you cast an x spell uh you know a good um x spell in sultai Villainous, Villainous wealth. wealth. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Give me all your cards and then let me just take a 10 10 Hydra alongside it. Why not? You know? All right. The next two are the partner pairing of the commander deck. Uh, so that means that you can put both of them in your command zone and they count as their, uh, well, basically both your commanders, but they can only partner with each other. So the first is Ukima, Stalking Shadow, a one blue and black legendary creature, Whale Wolf. First time you've ever heard that. <laughs> it's a 2 2 that partners with Kazur, Ruthless Stalker, who Josh will read in a second. And Ukima Stalking Shadow can't be blocked. And when Ukima leaves the battlefield, it deals X damage to target player and you gain X life where X is its power. And this is a 2-2. So if this just dies, 2 damage to target player and you gain 2 life. Unblockable 2-2. Unblockable is important because its partner, Kazur, Ruthless Stalker, is 3 and a green for a 3-3 human warrior legendary creature. It says partner with Ukima, obviously. And then it says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player... Put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. Hmm. Works well with Ukima, obviously. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Unblockable, just gets bigger, and as it gets bigger, Ukima is going to then, when it dies, deal more damage and gain you more life. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, obviously, all the partner commanders that we've talked about so far work very well with each other, but that doesn't mean that they don't work well by themselves or might have other synergies around. But Ukima is a, is a card that is just by itself a 3-mana 2-2 that's going to gain you some life incidentally and do some damage when it leaves the battlefield. Yeah, and Kazor is going to pump all your creatures that are dealing damage, plus one counter-themed stuff is probably what you want. Yep. Uh, interesting. Let's talk about everyone's favorite, the <laughs> stats. <laughs> All right, this deck, again, it's uh, Enhanced Evolution, the Sultai Mutate deck, has 29 new cards. Nice. That's a lot of new cards. It's a third of the deck right <laughs> That's there. That's crazy. That might be the highest number we've ever seen yeah. for new cards in a deck. Makes sense because it's the, going with the Mutate mechanic. Yep. Uh, there are 53 reprints in the deck plus 18 basic lands, so 71 total reprints, but 53 that we really care about. Um, the other stats in the deck are ramp cards, 13 13 holy moly three of them are lands like myriad landscape uh and this deck particularly we've seen in the other decks uh the mardu one has all of these signets that go along with the colors this deck does not have all the signets and for good reason it is a deck in green so yeah. it does not necessarily need them right it has other ways to ramp uh, that aren't artifacts mm -hmm. there are eight card draw spells nice. so pretty good close to the 10 that we usually recommend there are three board wipes also makes sense if you're mutating a bunch of creatures on top of each other you don't necessarily want to wipe the board but three is a solid number I yeah mean, it's you still know. enough right yeah. single target removal there's nine hey this deck can interact that's a lot yeah. of single target removal there are a lot of reprints from the main accordion set in this deck again because of the mutate mechanic so there are 12 reprints from the accordion main set in this deck which I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. Yeah, I think it's just going to be one of those things where it, it if it helps make the deck function better, then great. Uh, because they obviously created some new, like for instance, you'll find you won't find a Trimi in the standard set, right? But you will find some of the cards in the deck in the standard set and not the other way around. So it's interesting. They obviously did it to make the deck flow much better and do the thing it's trying to do. Yeah, I'm not sure how to evaluate that. Uh, as a player, I guess I'll be a little disappointed when I then open those cards in a booster pack, or will I be? <laughs> it depends on the cards, I guess. If you're drafting them, maybe not. Uh, monsters with Mutate, there are 15, including Otrimi. Mutate Helpers, so these are... Uh, cards that benefit the Mutate theme. So there's a card that's Silent Arbiter, which says no more than one creature can attack each combat. If you're mutating a bunch of things on the one thing, obviously this is a card that quote-unquote synergizes with your deck. So there are four Mutate Helpers... Listen, the numbers we care about, ramp, card draw. Single target removal. Wraths. Those all look really solid. Yeah. And again, props to WotC. They, I think, have done a much, much better job, especially since the first iteration of decks. Yeah. <laughs> decks in terms of making these balanced and also fun to play against each other. But more importantly, like easier to take out of the box and play with someone and actually have a game. All right. Let's talk about deck value here, something everybody always pays attention to. Um, we want to note, as we have with the other decks, that we're recording this before the decks have been fully revealed to the general public. So when we note the value, this is the value before the full deck lists are known. Obviously, all the cards that get reprinted in this deck are going to go down in value as soon as everybody knows they've been reprinted. So it's just not, we're not able to look into the future. So, yep. And this does not take into account, again, any of the cards from the main set or any of the new cards because we don't know their prices yet. Right. So as a result, this deck's total value is a little bit lower than the others. It's $92.17. Still reasonable, especially considering how many of the reprints are actually... Uh, we can't factor them in. They're from the Aquarium main set. Yeah. 
Um, so it's got less reprints than the other decks, but still ninety-two seventeen worth of value. Um, the sum total of all the $2 plus cards is, there's 17 of them, that's $69.73. And four of those cards are $5 plus cards, and those add up to $30.96. So obviously a lot of value. Four cards taking up almost half the amount of value of the sort of the whole shebang. Again, I think if you took these stats and just put them next to some of the other decks, it would look like it's less. However, because there are more reprints mm -hmm. that are from the Aquaria main set that we can't check right now, I think that number is actually going to be close to the other ones. It's 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 hard to tell, obviously. Yep. Let's talk about the notable reprints. These are all the cards that are worth more than Soul Ring, basically, that are $5 and up. Um, and again, these prices are from prior to the deck reveal, so keep that in mind. Propaganda is the big one in this deck. It's uh, about $12. At the time of recording, yeah. Yeah, at the time of recording. That's a good one, a, a card that goes in a lot of decks. Yeah, and a card that I've seen go up and up and up because obviously it's just a good card. And it, I think they even printed it at Uncommon, I think was the original. But those rarity ratings don't really make a difference in the commander sets because it's not like you're opening a booster pack and you have a higher or lower chance of finding it. The card is going to be in there. I, I mean, that's... Uh, worth noting though because it's been reprinted in the past and it'll usually go down for a little bit and then climb right back up because this yeah. is just a card that goes into a bunch of blue decks if you don't know it it's two and a blue for an enchantment it says creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two for each creature they control that's attacking uh sorry attacking you um yeah Pretty good. obviously goes in a lot of decks okay yep arcane signet a card that was originally the brawl pre-cons and everyone realized they wanted one uh is back here and that card was sitting at eight dollars but that card, that's going to go right down, thank goodness. But It's in all five of the decks, so... Yeah. <laughs> but again, this is the type of card that will slowly climb back up over time, so it's nice to be able to get that now. This is a card that's going to go in a lot of Commander decks. Like, 80% uh, of your decks are going to want Arcane Signet, so that's a, a, a card you can never have too many of, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the next one is a card you mentioned already, Jimmy. It's Silent Arbiter, four mana for an artifact creature construct, a 1-5. It says no more than one creature can attack each combat, and no more than one creature can block each combat. From Conspiracy, originally, oh, one of wow. our favorite sets. Uh, obviously good when you're building one giant monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and especially if it has Trample. Uh, finally, the last one is the Planeswalker of the deck. It's Nissa, Steward of Elements, which is one of my favorite designs for a Planeswalker because it has X in the mana cost, so it's X a green and a blue, and it comes in with X loyalty counters. You can plus two it to scry two. You can zero it to look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card or a creature card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of loyalty counters on Nissa, you may put that card onto the battlefield. And the minus six is untapped to untap up to two target lanes you control. They become five, five elemental creatures with flying and haste until end of turn. They're still lands. So the ultimate isn't game breaking because there is a way for you to cast Nissa for the ultimate cost fairly easily uh, in the types of decks that can run this card. It does just smack for a lot of damage, though. Yeah. I've died to the ultimate before, and obviously it works well with Zexara, who wants X spells. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so the stats as far as who you should run as commander, that's the next thing we're going to go over. So how many creatures in total are in the deck? There's 39. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. There's 15 mutate cards, mutate monsters. There's four mutate helpers or payoffs. And then spells with X in the mana cost, there are 10. Yeah, that's actually really surprising. Normally, we found that in the sort of the new generation of precons, they tend to lead a little more towards the lead singer as opposed to sort of giving you options because Zaxara obviously cares about casting cards with X uh, in them and having 10 of them in there it says like hey there's actually a direction that you could take this deck if you wanted to go the X route yeah because 15 mutate cards versus 10 X cards yeah 
is, you know, obviously there's a little bit more mutate, but it's not a lot. It's not like 25 versus 10, which we've seen in the other decks. Mutate yeah. seems to be a theme that, like, they're really reaching to make it work because 15 is not a ton. Mm-hmm. Otrimi gets mutate cards back out of your graveyard to your hand, and so you want enough of them that that's going to happen, right, so you can get that value. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, there's a little bit of an argument to be made between Zexara and Expels and Otrimi and Mutate. Obviously, I think Ukima and Kazoo are just off the main plan. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are 39 creatures in the deck, so this is going to be a creature-based strategy. And another argument for Zexara is that even if you don't care about the expels part, having a mana rock in your command zone is a very valuable thing, especially because it's adding two mana and there are a lot of big spells in the deck, so maybe that is going to be important. It's also a death toucher, so it's going to thwart attacks against you. A lot of people aren't going to want to swing into it. I think the reason that Otrimi clearly wins this battle, though, is because it has an alternate casting cost out of the command zone. Um, Very powerful because the card itself costs six mana to cast, but you are almost never going to do that in this type of deck. So Mutate also doesn't just necessarily need other Mutate cards. It just needs creatures, which is why there are so many creatures. Yeah, non-humans. Right, just needs a non-human out there to be able to get extra value off of. So I think, yeah. And also... Hydras have been around for a while. We've seen them a bunch. Mutate, this is the first time we're ever seeing it. Yeah. So we're going to build the deck around Mutate regardless. Yeah, and also there's a lot of ramp in the deck already. So Zexar's ability is a little redundant in the command zone. So if there was like no ramp in the deck, then maybe it'd be like, well, you kind of need Zexara, or it really skews the 10 cards we would put in and take out. All right, let's talk about the best cards in the deck that come in the deck already. Yes, and there's a couple of these that are going to be new cards, and we'll let you know when we talk about them. But the first is Life, Craster- Life Crafter's Bestiary. Uh, which is a card I used to great effect in a Game Nights episode yep. with my uh, Merfolk deck. It's a three-mana artifact, and it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. And whenever you cast a creature spell, you may pay a green mana. If you do, draw a card. Sweet. Ooh, very, very sweet. So you're getting scry value every single turn, and whenever you cast a creature spell, again, you're just casting it, you can pay a green, and if you do, draw a card. So the interesting thing about Mutate is that it does say you're casting the spell. It says if you cast the spell for its Mutate cost. Right, and so it even is a if creature you mu- spell. So even if you Mutate, you can draw a card off Lifecrafters Bestiary. So that's pretty cool. Another one in a similar vein is Beast Whisperer. Two green green for a 2-3 Elf Druid. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. Just oh, wait, straight up. I realize that it might be Bestiary, not Bestiary. It's Bestiary. Is it? Yep. Okay. Well, it's the best card in this deck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Beast Whisperer. Beastiary is like a, a codex of all the different beasts out Oh, it's there. like a Pokede- Pokedex. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next up is Deadly Rollick. This is a new card from the set. And this is, again, in a cycle of cards that Josh and I consider to be extremely powerful. Oh, this cycle is nuts. Yeah, it's three in the black for an instant. If you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. It's for zero! Exile target creature. Instant exile. speed, exile target creature if you control a commander. So this, obviously, this is not your commander because you can do this with a partner commander. So if you control a commander, wow. Actually, if you steal a commander, does that count? Someone else's commander? Yeah, it says a commander. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. You can steal someone else's commander and then cast this card for free. Exile. This is better than Path to Exile. It's better than Swords to Plowshares. Again, you do have to meet a criteria, but having your commander out is not a criteria that's hard for most decks to meet. Yeah, and after that, it's just... Yeah, three in the black after that, too, if you don't even get to do that. It's still, like, a decent cost for an Exile effect. The blue one's a force of negation. Like, this this whole cycle is nuts. We're going to talk about yeah. it in the set review. I think but... the green one might be the only one I'm not hot on. It's... Yeah, but it's still good. I it's think still it's still good. playable. Yeah, yeah. Hey, green doesn't need a lot of help, actually. <laughs> All right, uh, the next best card in the deck is Cold-Eyed Selkie. One and then a two hybrid Simic. So either one green green, one blue blue, or one green blue. Three mana total for a 1-1 one, one Merfolk Rogue has Island Walk. Whenever Cold-Eyed Selkie deals combat damage to a player... 
You may draw that many cards. Oh, well, it's just one damage, Josh. Why is this card so good? Yeah, this is nuts because it's uh, you play it on three, and then on four, you mutate Otremion to this thing, and it's actually a 6-6 six, six with Trample and Island Walk that you swing in and draw six cards You're with. You're probably going to draw some cards off it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cold-Eyed Selkie is one of my favorite cards in a deck like Rafik because it's all about pumping that power up. Uh, are we going to mention this in the other part? I'll mention it now. It's worth noting that when a card says something like whenever Cold-Eyed Selkie deals damage, combat damage to a player. Mm -hmm. What that actually reads in magic parlance is whenever this card deals combat damage to a player, it's referring to itself. Right. It's not saying the name Cold-Eyed Selkie. It's this card. Yeah. So even if you put Otrimi on top of the Cold-Eyed Selkie, that text will still refer to itself, and you'll still draw the six cards. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Next is a new card from Ikoria. It's the Sawtusk Demolisher. It's four green green for a six, six creature beast. However, you can mutate it for three and a green. It has trample, and it says, whenever this creature mutates, destroy target non-creature permanent. Its controller creates a 3-3 green beast creature token. So for four mana, you basically get a beast within something and mutate it onto another creature, and you make a 6-6 trampler. And if you mutate again onto that, then you do it again. And every single time you mutate onto this creature or it mutates, boom, something else blows up. Yeah, it's Terastodon-y. Yeah, repeatable. For cheaper. Sounds good to me. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, the next one's also a new card. It's Trumpeting Gnar. <laughs> It's one a green and a blue for a 3-3 beast. Has mutates for three and then two hybrid Simic. So five mana to mutate. It says whenever this creature mutates, you create a 3-3 green beast creature token. So it's whenever it mutates, you can mutate onto it, right? So you can cast this for three, mutate Otrimi on turn four. That'll be a 6-6 trample. And you'll make a 3-3. Yeah, a lot of the power of this card is the fact that it comes down on three and you want to mutate onto it. So if this is just a play you do every game, you're getting nine power on turn four. And you can swing with it, with Trample. So that's really, really powerful. Yeah, that's the other thing we didn't talk about with Mutate. Again, I don't know. We're about to... Okay, anyway. We're going to dive deep into Mutate in a second. Yeah, but you kind of get haste a little bit, right? Because if you play Cold-Eyed Selkie on turn three, then on turn four, you cast Otrimi mutating it onto Cold-Eyed Selkie. The Cold-Eyed Selkie was already on the battlefield, so it's not a new creature. Mm -hmm. It's just been altered, and so it can swing right now. Yeah. So that's a 6-6 trample haste, basically, Island Walk. Yeah, you can almost cards. look at Mutate a little bit similar to what an Enchantment Aura does. It's not going to restrict the fact that the, cre- the creature is just buffed up. It's turning into something else, but it's still the same card. Pretty interesting. Okay, and this last card in this deck and in the pre-con environment... Probably not great. Not crazy, but seems really, really good in the overall world of Commander. It's Manascape Refractor. Three mana for an artifact. It enters the battlefield tapped. But it says it has all activated abilities of all lands on the battlefield. All lands. And then you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to pay activation costs of Manascape Refractor's abilities. So it has all the abilities of all the lands. And also, oh, by the way, if those lands require you to pay colored mana that you don't have, uh, you just pay any kind of mana for that. Yeah, Manascape Refractor is kind of crazy in a lot of ways. It is almost like the Nicol Bolas of lands in the newest one because it takes all the Planeswalker abilities. This one takes every single lands ability. So you have Maya Hollow. Now you are able to regenerate creatures. You can now have even the Strip Mine effect, right? You can pretty much have anyone's land. You get it all at once too is the thing. It stacks them all up. Yeah, if you have a way to untap this, then great. You can just use that land the same turn. This seems like a great card in your Tim deck, maybe, Josh? Yep. It yeah. copies your own lands, so yeah. yeah. This is a card that you can break. Yeah, for oh, sure. 100%. Yeah. And if it's not broken, then everyone's going to be like, wait, you get that effect now? Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I want to play my Maze of It then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very, very cool. Okay, those were the best cards of the deck. 
Um, we're going to go into a deep dive here on mutate as a mechanic because it's actually a lot more complicated than it looks on the surface. We consulted with the head rules person, Eli Schifrin, at Wizards about a lot of questions we had. So we're going to get up to speed on that, and then we're going to do everybody's favorite, add 10 cards, take out 10 cards, uh, buff this deck up as quickly and cheaply as possible. But before we do all that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we are back and we are talking about the Sultai Mutate deck from the Commander Precons this year from Ikoria. This one is special because it has a main set mechanic in it and they've buffed it up with some new cards as well. And Mutate itself is a little more complicated than it looks on the surface. A lot more. <laughs> it's not just about making one big monster crazy cool creature, but it is about that, but it's, there's, there's a lot of interactions here because once you create that thing, this is the first time we've ever seen a creature sitting on top or below another one and mutating together in a main set. How exactly does this work with all sorts of different effects? Well, um, one thing I will say that is if you are mutating onto a card with the card where it's unblockable, hexproof, or indestructible, it's going to be a good card to mutate onto because obviously you're making a bigger, crazier, stronger creature and you're making it harder to interact with. Yeah, it gets all the keywords of all the cards that are stacked there. Um, again, you can mutate onto something more than once too. So yes. you can start getting a ton of different um, abilities. Uh, if it had plus one, plus one counters or gains them, the whole thing has plus one, plus one counters. They don't go away or change when you mutate. Um, yeah, mu mutates really like this build your own monster mechanic. But there are, of course, where magic players were tricky. We think of all mm -hmm. these corner cases and there are crazy things you can do. So let's talk about some of the other things that you might mutate onto and how that's going to work. So Undying and Persist. Right. So Undying is a mechanic that says when a creature with Undying dies, if it had no plus one, plus one counters on it, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. And Persist is a mechanic that says when this creature dies, if it had no minus one, minus one counters on it, return it to the battlefield under its control, owner's control with a minus one, minus one counter on it. So let's imagine you have a creature with Persist and then you mutate onto it twice. Yep, let's say it's Glendalendra Archmage, everyone's favorite. Okay, so I mutate onto it a couple of times, and now it dies. What happens with that creature? Well, it said persist on the creature, and all of the creatures that died had persist on it. Thus, they all get a persist trigger. Now, they don't come back stacked on top of each other. They actually come back into the battlefield separately. Whoa! So you would basically take that creature, and now 
it's three creatures and they all on their persist own. and they get the minus one minus one counter because you can't they don't come back at the same creature because when you mutate you're casting it as a mutate to like slap a monster on top of another one if they're coming back from the graveyard they are basically separate cards at that point but yeah. they all had persist on them because they all three of them together had it when they died now, I know what you're thinking out there. What If I can get Persist and Undying on the same creature, it doesn't really work because one trigger resolves and yeah. then the other trigger is not in the graveyard anymore. So uh, you have to do your plus one, negative one counter shenanigans a different way. Yep, um, yep, yep. Okay, so let's say I've Persisted the same creature, you know, uh, Glenelendra, two mutates on it, and then I blink that card somehow. So I rune, I use rune, and I exile it and it comes back. Oh, nice. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> you got rid of the counters, right? No, no. It's, I mean, sorry, before it's died. Oh, before it's died. Yeah. All three of those creatures will come in separately Correct. back, right? Yes. So you've got one creature with three cards stacked on it. You blink it. Now they come back. Boom. You've got three separate creatures. This is good because a lot of times the mutate creatures are big, mm -hmm. but their mutate cost is cheaper. So look at Otrimi. Costs six if you just want to cast it as a 6-6 six, six trample with its ability. But mutate is only four mana. Yeah. Because mutate's just a little bit worse because you don't actually get the extra power and toughness, right? If you mutate onto a 3-3... Three, three, it becomes a 6-6 six, six in Otrimi's So you case. didn't actually put six uh, power onto the Yeah, it's the not board. nine total. You're not adding it up. So, so Blink is a good way to kind of like, oh, I cast all these things for cheap, cheaper because I mutate. Yeah. Blink it. Now they're all separated it's kind of like one of those power ranger things at the end when they all join the different parts together yeah. and like it gets hit by a huge thing and all the power rangers fly off separately it's not like they all disappear they just become their separate little vehicles right so blink's pretty cool yep uh exiling as well so let's say you like cast an oblivion ring it exiles another target not only permanent but when o-ring leaves the battlefield return the exile card under the battlefield under its owner's control well guess what they come back separately as well same idea they all get exiled at the same time but when they leave they're all different cards they're not mutated onto each other um, in a real corner case, you know, Karn, how he kind of starts up a new game with Restart the, the game, leaving an exile yeah. all non-aura permanents. Exile with Karn. Then put those cards onto the battlefield under control. What happens? They would be separate because Karn, once they're in exile and they come back in any way, they're not going to restack mutate. They're just going to come back on their own. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> Please let me know if you ever do, do that. the Karn thing. Yeah, yeah because I, one, don't do the Karn thing. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I mean. Whoever's done it, they're not doing it again because it's a pain yeah, in the exactly. Um, Okay, we talked about counters, so plus one, plus one counters will stay. So, like, Thrun, the Lonely King, if you kick it. Grun. Yeah, if you kick it. Oh, Grun, sorry. Yeah. Thrun is the other one. Yeah, Thrun, the last troll. Yeah, or sorry. Grun, the Lonely King. If you kick it, it comes in with a bunch of plus one, plus one counters. And then if, if you, you mutate, mutate on top, on top of, it. of it. You can still say, hey, it's the 6-6 six, six base, mm -hmm. and now it has five plus one, plus one counters or whatever. Yep. And it's 11-11. Eleven, eleven, so. And then, again, it says whenever Grun attacks alone, it's referencing itself. So if you have Otrimi on top of Grun and you attack with it, it still counts as itself, and you're going to double the counters. and uh, Sorry, double its power and toughness until I'm turn. Pretty cool. All right, here's a pretty interesting one. Yes. So the gods, especially like the gods from Amonkhet, they have this writer clause that says um, when it dies, you return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So if you mutate onto, let's say, the Scarab God, which is in these colors, let's say you mutate onto it twice, mm -hmm. and it gets killed, it goes to the graveyard, all three of those cards will come back to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. The text on all of them, because they're all one card, says, when this card dies, return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. Yep. So they're all like, well, I died. I'm coming back to the hands. Hooray! That's pretty crazy. That's very crazy because, again, you're giving very prime targets for removal. So that makes that God's effect that much better because, boom, those cards are coming back. You get to recast them or remutate. Um, the CMC is the CMC of the topmost creature. 
So that's an interesting thing. It doesn't combine all the CMCs. So again, Otrimi, if it's on top, will be a six CMC creature, regardless of if there's five mutates below it. Yeah. So that, okay, this next one's... This it, might be the most crazy. complicated part. It's weird. Right? So let's take a look at a card like Vesuvian Doppelganger. It's three blue blue for a creature shapeshifter, zero, zero, one of the first clones ever printed. You may have this card enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it doesn't copy that creature's color and has. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may have this creature become a copy of target creature, except it doesn't copy that creature's color and has this ability. So this is a card that can continually change copies. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm this. And then your next turn, it goes, uh, never mind, I'm that, that thing over there. So what's going to happen to the cards under it? If you mutate onto a Vesuvian Doppelganger, it's going to have the trample ability of Otremi, let's say, and everything underneath. What happens when this looks at something else and says, I want to become a copy of you? So... What happens is it actually overwrites all of the current abilities and only gets the new thing. So don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's something awesome, like somebody puts out Blightsteel, then maybe you do it. So yeah, it's it's a copy of something. You mutate onto it, mutate again. So now it's got whatever its first abilities were, plus Otrimi's abilities, plus another mutate ability, mm -hmm. right? So it's got like a bunch of abilities, and maybe it's like a 6-6 six because -six Otrimi's on top. And then your next upkeep, you're like, someone played a Blightsteel Colossus. If you change into the Blightsteel, it would seem like only the Vesuvian Doppelganger part right. would change into it, and you'd still have Otrimi's ability and the other Mutate card, but you don't. It overwrites all of them. Yeah, it says you may have this creature become a copy of target creature, and this creature includes all the cards that have been mutated on top of it, so it just loses so all of it. It would lose all the power and toughness and everything, too, it right? It just... if it had Undying or Persist, it wouldn't get those triggers as well, so that's something you should not be doing, something you should be worried about. I mean, if it's a Blight Steel, maybe you do it. Yeah, I mean, you still got Trample, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's a super weird corner case. There is another corner case, and I don't actually understand it very well, so I'm... It's morph. Right. So mutating onto morph creatures, whether they're face up or not, it gets really weird. So you should check um, with a judge or rules expert, or I think Eli said he was going to release a... A primer. A primer, an FAQ or something. So... Had to be a mutant. We're not going to cover that one because it's, it's a little bit weird. But anyway, you know, morph cards also interact weirdly. So mutate as a mechanic, kind of nuts. Like Really, lots of weird, really cool. Yeah. Lots of weird corner cases. Definitely when you look at it for the first time, you think, oh, this is pretty straightforward. And then you start getting mm -hmm. into it. So having said all of this, we're going to go into the next section, which is cards to add to this deck. Remember, our total budget for this exercise is $25 around. You know, we might go a little over, a little under, but yeah. we'll try and stay there. Um, now, there's a, there is a special case about this deck. Mm -hmm. Again, there are a lot of cards in the main set that are not included here. And there are some cards that are mythic rarity, some really powerful stuff. Uh, however, we're not going to include these in the 10 cards in and out because we don't know the prices of those cards. We don't know what they're going to settle at. So it would be really dumb if we're like, and eh, put this card in, but it ends up being a very... $30, it's yeah, Uro, a Pioneer yeah. or, or, you know, like standard playable card and jumps up in price. So we're actually just going to leave that for a smaller list at the end, and we'll mention them. And should you open them in a, pa a booster pack, maybe at your pre-release events, you can slot them into this deck if you're going for that. Yeah, I'm sure it's... I mean, safe to say you're going to want to put some more mutate cards yeah, in totally. here. Okay, so let's talk about um, the first category of cards to add, which we're calling high-value targets. Yep. These are targets that you want to mutate onto. Uh, something to keep in mind here is that cards that are 3 CMC or less are preferable because you will always have Otrimi in your command zone and therefore always mutate onto it for 4 mana, which means your turn 4 play... Is big. Is big, and as long as you cast a creature that's a non-human before turn four, 
then you're going to be in a really good spot with a lot of these cards. So let's talk about some of this stuff. Yep. So this card is actually really similar to Cold-Eyed Selkie this in terms of its ability. This so mean. This card is mean. It's, again, another staple in the Rafik of the mini deck. It's Cephalid Constable. <laughs> one blue, blue, creature Cephalid Wizard, 1-1. One, one. You know that it shares a mana cost with? Uh, Capsize. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so whenever Cephalid Constable deals combat damage to a player, return up to that many target permanents that player controls to their owner's hand. So imagine, if you will... Dreamlines. It's turn four. Jimmy mutates onto a Cephalid Constable. With Otrimi, the ever-playful. It's turn four. You've played a Mana Rock. you played a Cultivate on your turn. Maybe it's your turn three. He went first or before you. <laughs> you played a Cultivate on your turn three, so you've got four mana tapped in play. You're feeling good about your turn. He swings at you. With a 6-6 six, six Trampler. He bounces everything. Every single card you played back to your hand. Your lands. And he actually has two more bounces he could have used. I don't know why I'm still talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this card is crazy. Yeah. If you're playing against no Tree Me deck and they turn three, Cephalid Constable. Constable, oh my lord, you better they, hope you they, have Deadly Rollick in your hand <laughs> and your commander out. They basically can choose any player to lose the game at that point. Point, yeah. right and that's... it doesn't cost them a lot because they still have a six six with trample that's going to do that to another player if they don't yeah. answer how it. many times does someone tap out on turn three or four really often those are the turns where you feel generally very safe and that's you're playing when... your mana rocks you're just setting up yeah and that's when the treatment can really get you in this case it is probably one of the meanest things you can do with this deck's play card like cephala constable but yeah. it's very powerful <laughs> uh all the next few cards are along a similar line i want to say cephala constable is also only 50 cents so that's that's pretty cool yeah thought adele has the same casting costs as cephala constable and has Island Walk. Yeah. Uh, you want to read it? Yeah. So it's a 2-2. Two, two. Uh, whenever Thought Adele deals combat damage to one player, search that player's library for an artifact card and exile it. Then that player shuffles their library until end of turn, you may play that card. So this means that, boom, you can get something cool out of their deck. You can also strip their deck of a Blight Steal if you know that's th sort of their win condition. Um, Thought Adele is just known as the Soul Ring Stealer. Yeah, it's still Mana Crypts. Really, yeah, really good. Uh, actually, that's great. That's true yep. because you can play that card until end of turn. So getting a Mana Crypt and also doing someone up to six damage Island Walk, by the way, now you have an Island Walk Trampler. Seems pretty good. Um, there's a couple of the cards, again, that sort of fit with this. So Virtus the Veiled is a three mana, two in the black for a one one. When it deals combat damage to a player, that player loses half their life rounded up. That's, uh, by the way, you get hit for six. Yeah. You go to 34, and then you lose 17. So you go to 20, no, you go to 17? Yeah. Uh, yeah that's that's turn lot. four. That's a lot of damage. Virtus um, is mean too. And the last one is interesting. It's Chilling Apparition. It's uh, two in the black for a 1-1, one, one, and it has a really important line of text on here for Mutate cards, which is Black Regenerate Chilling Apparition. And whenever Chilling Apparition deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card. This is just a good card to have because it's going to always be a good Mutate target because it protects itself. And just the fact that turn three you play it, turn four, Otrimi, attack, make somebody discard a card that's big that early in the game, and now you've got a safe mutate creature that's pretty safe right you're gonna be able yeah. to regenerate it pretty yeah, cool yeah, yeah. this last one's pretty nuts and it's gonna cause us to talk about one more rules thing that we didn't uh, talk about in the deep dive on mutate earlier it's called mist syndicate naga it is uh two and a blue for a three one naga ninja remember these can't be humans Right, which means non-human for mutating. Guys, I got real excited about Dream Stealer, but that actually <laughs> won't work, uh, which is good because Dream Stealer's mean. Anyway, it's okay. you have Cephalid Constable instead. Yeah, that's true. Okay, again, two and a blue, so three mana for three one. Has Ninjitsu for two and a blue. If you watch the latest Game Nights episode, you understand Ninjitsu. You can return an unblocked attacker you control your hand and put this card onto the battlefield from your hand, tapped and attacking. That is a way to get mutate cards back in your hand if you mm -hmm. need some. Mm -hmm. 
But it says, whenever Miss Syndicate Naga deals combat damage to a player, create a token that's a copy of Mist Syndicate Naga. Oh, well. We didn't talk about copies as they uh, pertain to mutate, <laughs> but here's where we find out how broken copying mutate creatures can be because the copy will copy the whole mutation. The whole darn thing. So if you've mutated on a Mist Syndicate Naga with two mutate creatures, and let's say it's a 6-6 six, six with trample that also says uh, whenever you mutate onto it, you make a 3-3. Three, three. Then you you'll make a one. copy of a 6-6 six, six with Trample that says whenever you mutate onto it, you make a 3-3. Three, three. And it'll also be a Miss Syndicate Naga, so it'll also say whenever this deals combat damage to a player, make a copy of it. So, so you're just going to keep making more and more and more. However, it is going to be a legendary creature if you put Otrimi onto it, so you shouldn't do it with legendary creatures because the copy itself will do the legendary rule. But you could also put Otrimi underneath the Miss Syndicate Saga. So that it's not the so Otrimi, it's, it's a Miss Syndicate Saga with Trample and the, the text But it won't. Otrimi. it'll be a 3-1, not a 6-6. Yeah, six, six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But copying mutate creatures... It's a good point about legendary, but if you could get three or four onto a creature and make copies of it, that is a definitely scary thing you can do. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a this makes uh, Miss Syndicate Saga a very high value copy target or mutate target. Now we're gonna count everything we just said as like three cards because you don't need all all of them, or maybe you do, but yeah, we're just saying you want some high value targets that cost three CMC or less. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Copy Blink and Bounce. Is this name of the the uh, category here? And this card is actually one that got a lot of attention recently because it's the Year of the Rat. Mm -hmm. And the Secret Lair was just about this, but it's Pack Rat. And if you guys were listening to what we said about Miss Syndicate Saga, you may understand Naga. Naga, you may understand where we're going with this one. One in the black for a creature rat that's a star star. Pack Rat's power and toughness are each equal to the number of rats you control. Not really relevant when you turn it into something massive. And for two in the black, discard a card to create a token that's a copy of Pack Rat. Packrat's one of those cards that has been known to just win games because yep. it's incredibly hard to remove. You just keep making more and more, and they keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So this might actually be, if you have the plans to do it, a card you mutate underneath. But I think in general, you're going to mutate on top because for two in the black, you get to make another copy of your giant mutate. Yep. You don't need to attack anyone. You don't need to do combat damage. You can just discard the card, protect it, make another one, and you are off to the races, my friends. Yeah, if you ever get like two mutates on a Packrat, that's nuts. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're basically play, paying two in a black and getting three cards worth of value for your one discarded card, right? Oof. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm down. Uh, another one that's v in a similar vein is Progenitor Mimic. It is four green and a blue for a zero zero shapeshifter, but it says you may have Progenitor Mimic enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it has at the beginning of your upkeep, if this creature isn't a token, create a token that's a copy of this creature. So it'll just every turn keep popping out and another copy of your mutate thing and this is nice too because you don't need to mutate onto the regenerator mimic you can already have a mutate creature going nuts on the battlefield you play regenerator mimic and boom now you have something that's going to create keep creating copies of that thing yeah pretty pretty cool pretty cool uh, another one is just a very efficient clone. Yeah, potentially one of the most efficient clones I think ever printed. It's yeah. Phantasmal Image, one in the blue for a creature illusion, zero, zero. And you can just have this enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature, except it's an illusion in, t in addition to its other types. And it has when this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability, sacrifice it. But this might be one of those things where it's just like play this and boom, you have enough power to do something crazy or you have enough, enough effects now to do something nuts and for the lowly cost of two mana. And you know, the fact that mutate, it works kind of like an aura and an equipment, mm -hmm. but clone allows you to clone the whole dang thing, right? We don't yeah. have a thing that says like, hey, if there are four auras on that, make a copy of it, plus with all the, the auras. auras are on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of what clone does with mutate, so it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, clone effects are actually very, very good in this type of deck. 
Uh, this next one is a card we always talk about. It's great because it gives you a lot of protection and lots, lots of flexibility. It's Teamer Sabretooth. Two green green for a creature cap for three. And you can pay one in a green to return another creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, Teamer Sabretooth gains indestructible until end of turn. Now, you can mutate onto the Teamer Sabretooth mm -hmm. because that one in the green ability to make it indestructible is actually really relevant. But this is also like a, hey, I really wish I didn't mutate my Otrimi onto this thing. I want to put on something else. Also, just to get a trigger, yeah. like, you know, uh, Trumpeting Gnar and the Sawtusk Demolisher we talked about earlier, they want to be mutated onto. So maybe you're like, oh, I mutated onto this, but I want a mutate trigger. So I'm going to bounce it back to my hand, put some right. mutate card in my hand, now I can cast it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just keep that engine going. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, as we look at this deck and as we talk about Voltron decks and mutate decks in general the big weakness again is if someone removes your crazy good stuff because they get like four cards for one card one, yeah. yeah so having regenerate having bounce effects is really really powerful uh the next one is aetherling it's four blue blue for a shapeshifter it's a four five it has four activated abilities i'm gonna read them out of order just because it's more dramatic <laughs> you can pay one and give it plus one negative one or you can pay one and give it negative one plus one until end of turn you can play blue, and it says Aetherling can't be blocked this turn. I like that. Yep. And then the the real one, you can pay a blue and exile Aetherling, return to the battle, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Ooh, that is spicy. Right. So, so again, if it's mutated with a bunch of cards onto it, guess what it comes back as? All of them. Yep. All those cards come back separately. Also protects it, right? You can mutate yep. a bunch of things onto it, swing around with it, just being like, whatever, deal with this thing. And as soon as you do, I'm actually going to blink it out and it'll become all the things separately. Yeah. So it's a great way to turn your board that looks not that threatening into all of a sudden a giant army that's coming at you. Um, Endling is another card that was printed recently in Modern Horizons. That's basically the black version of Etherling. It's two black black for a 3-3 zombie shapeshifter. Again, keep in mind that the fact that these are not humans yep. makes a big difference here. Uh, and for black, Endling can gain menace until end of turn. For black, Endling gains death touch until end of turn. And again, I'll read this out of order. Black, and you can pay one to give it plus one, minus one, or minus one, plus one until end of turn. So they actually combine two abilities together. And for the last most impactful one, black, Endling gains undying until end of turn. So again, if it dies, it has, if it has no plus one, plus one counters on it, it comes back to the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Every one of those creatures that's mutated onto are going to come back separately with a plus one, plus one counter. Yeah, that's just awesome because, again, it just protects it. You feel safe putting all your mutates on that. You get all the other abilities and to use them, and somebody's like, Ugh, if I take care of that thing, it just gets worse for me. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we have a line of text in here. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the whole outline. It just says, asterisk, asterisk, Craig recommends Blighted Agent. 50 cents, asterisk, asterisk. It's like, who, how did he get access to this outline to infect it? Uh, I think Craig's wrong here. This is a human rogue. Oh, sorry, Craig. Sorry, Craig. But you Craig. know what? There are a bunch of other mutate or uh, uh, infect, infect creatures, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you just want to have Blighted no, Agent Craig's anyway. like, I'm not wrong. Blighted Agent's just awesome. Just it doesn't good. have anything to do with anything yeah, else exactly. in the deck. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, duh. Jeez. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some utility creatures, things that make this deck hum a little bit more. Uh, there's Goreclaw Terror of Calcisma, three and a green for a legendary creature bear. It's a 4-3. Creature spells you cast with power four or greater cost two less to cast. This includes their mutate cost. Again, and mutate says if you cast this cast this spell for its mutate cost. Yeah, so Otrimi all of a sudden becomes just Soltai to cast it if you have Goreclaw out. And whenever Goreclaw attacks, each creature you control with power four or greater gets plus one, plus one, and gains trample until end of turn. So it's a good card to also uh, mutate onto. It gets really, really buff. And it makes all of your big spells in this deck cost less, which is important because, again, a lot of the mutate costs are up there. Yeah. Even like Sawtusk Demolisher becomes one in a green to mutate. Oh, like, that's just nuts. That is very, very nuts. Yeah. 
All right. Um, the next one is Yeva, Nature's Herald. Two green green for a 4-4 four, four that has flash and says you may cast green creature cards as though they had flash. Yep. And uh, just looking at our table of cards here, a lot of these cards are multicolored and green. It's because uh, Vidalcan Ori is outside our budget range. Yes. <laughs> and of course, Return of the Wild Speaker is a card that we mentioned a bunch on the show. Four I'm just green. playing this card more and more. It's an instant. That's yeah. what makes it so good. Uh, and it also says two very important words on here, which is non-human. So it's an instant. Choose one. Draw cards equal to the greatest power among non-human creatures you control. Or non-human creatures you control get plus three, plus three until end of turn. So this is a finisher and a card draw card at the same time. You're going to have a bunch of non-humans obviously on the battlefield. They're going to be very big because they're being mutating and getting counters and all sorts of things. If you pull out one of those cool Endling, Etherling, make all the mutates jump off and become their own creatures, yeah. maybe you just win with it. Yeah, and then you can also pump the Endling or Etherling to draw more cards off it as well. Yep. So this, this is just a card that feels built for this kind of deck. Yeah, if you're not playing Return of the Wild Speaker in some decks, I think you probably should try it out. Indeed. All right, so those are the 10 cards in, 10 cards out. Might be a few more or less than 10 because we, we <laughs> cheated a little bit in there. But Blighted Agent counts as a special 11. A lot of cool stuff. And again, we are going to talk about some of the new cards from the main Aquarius set that uh, you, you probably want to put in here because of the mutate mechanic. But before we do that, let's talk about the 10 cards that we would take out of the deck. Yep, this one is a new one from the commander set. It's Capri Capricopian. X in the green for a Goat Hydra. Never seen one of those before. It's a... Uh, zero, 0 enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it and for 2 mana you can put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on this card then you may reselect which player Capricopian is attacking and only the player Capricopian is attacking may activate this ability and only during the declare attacker's step so I own Capricopian I swing at Josh Josh goes I'll pay 2 mana put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it and redirect it towards Mel Mel says, whoa, whoa, I'm going to pay two and redirect it towards Josh. And Josh is like, well, I'm going to, I don't have any mana left, so it's still attacking me. The problem with this card is, though, you can just redirect it towards someone with Death Touch and they're going to be like, okay, yeah, I just block it. Yeah, it. you can team up. And, yeah. <laughs> so it leaves a little too much out of the player's hands, I think. Uh, I'm going to do four at once here because this is like our fourth deck upgrade and we're taking these out of all of them. Yeah, every single one, yeah. So it's Bonders, Ornament, and the Impetus cycle stuff. So Psychic Impetus, Parasitic Impetus, Predatory Impetus. There are three in this deck. Um, these are the auras that goad a creature and then give some other ability. So supposedly you're supposed to be willing to play it on your own stuff or their stuff. There are a couple that are fine in certain decks, but in this one, we're taking them all out. Monitor's Ornament is a bad mana rock that wants other people to play the same mana rock. Don't worry about We're it. Not gonna Just happen. take it out. Yeah. All right. The next up is a very pricey mutate card. It's Archipel Archipelago. Man, these names are going to kill it's me. It's like Archipelago, but it's yeah. a gory one. Ugh, it's Archipelago. That's Arch actually clever. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so it's a Leviathan. <laughs> five blue, blue for a 7-7. Seven, seven. It has a mutate cost for five and a blue, so one less than its CMC. Whenever this creature mutates, tap up to X target creatures, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated, and those creatures don't untap during their controller's next untap step. I think this is a great 1v1. This is a way clunkier in a multiplayer game. And not to mention, the one thing that you can't really count on is having a creature being mutated on to a bunch of times. It's just one of those things where it's like you're setting yourself up for really big removal if you're not careful. And like, what is this going to get you at most? Two creatures tapped down? Yeah. Not worth it's it. It's also like really expensive cards. Seven yes. mana on its base and then six mana to mutate. So this is just a, a mulligan a lot of times. You just yeah. can't play this card uh, for a really late into the game. So there's just better mutate creatures in the main set that you can replace this one with. Yep. All right. The next one is also a new card. It's called Boneyard Mycodrax. <laughs> Two and a black for a star star fungus. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of other creature cards in your graveyard. And it has scavenge for four and a black. And scavenge means you exile this card from your graveyard, put a number of plus one, plus one counters 
equal to this card's power onto target creature. You can only scavenge as a sorcery. So I here, hate these kinds of cards. Anytime yeah. it says star, star, based on something in your graveyard, I'm like, oh, don't draw this in turn one. Yeah, see, this is not going to even be playable on turn three because it'll just die because there's likely to be no other creature cards in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. In which case, you don't get that cool thing where you played a three drop and then played Otremia onto it and got... I just put a three drop in there that's guaranteed at least going to live. Yeah. Yeah, I, this this card is just too many hoops for not enough uh, upside. This next card is an old card. It's Predator Ooze. It's green, green, green for a 1-1 one, one creature ooze with indestructible. Whenever Predator Ooze attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And whenever a creature dealt damage by Predator Ooze dies this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on Predator Ooze. Here's the thing. Getting green, green, green on turn three is not possible. I mean, it's possible, but it's very unlikely compared to just it's very unlikely to be able to do that and then also be able to have soul tie availability on four yeah exactly so while this is a strong card i think being indestructible and having all the right keywords we found some other cards i think are better three drop replacements for this kind of thing yeah because you definitely don't like this card gets way worse when you're playing at turn five which is what you're looking at if you miss three because on four you want to otri me yep yeah uh the next one is hungering hydra it's green and x for a zero zero hydra it enters the battlefield with x one one counters on it it, can only, it can't be blocked by more than one creature. And whenever Hungering Hydra is dealt damage, put that many plus one, plus one counters on it. So this one is a little bit more borderline because you could play it on turn three as a 2-2 two, right. two just to put a Otrimi on two. But it's just, since we're not going with Zexara, I think the X cards that aren't like really, really good are the ones you want to take out to make room for the stuff we talked about are more mutate cards. So yeah. you can just do better than this. Yep. Same with this next one, Heroes Bane. It's a creature Hydra. It's a zero zero. Enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it. And you can pay two green green to put X plus one plus one counters on it where X is its power. It's just a big dumb creature that gets bigger and dumber. I mean scarier i guess not necessarily dumber <laughs> it's a big scary creature that gets bigger and scarier but it requires a lot of mana and again you don't want to have targets that are going to be not good for removal and at five mana it's going to be pretty clunky to cast late in the game yeah i don't really want to mutate onto something that doesn't have either immediate upside like right. this costs mana to get its upside whereas cold-eyed selkie draws you six cards the turn that you mm-hmm. mutate onto mm-hmm. it or it doesn't protect it yeah so i want it to have regenerate give indestructible persist undying something like that okay let's talk about some of the cool cards from my Coria because there's only 15 mutate cards in this deck i think you're actually going to need some more to flesh out the team as well as find a good balance in terms of how you want this deck to play so the first is a really interesting card it's brokos apex of forever it's two apex of forever forever i mean yeah i mean why not forever ever? forever ever <laughs> Brokos, Brokos, Brokos. It's two in Soul Cipher, a 6-6 legendary creature Nightmare Beast. So this is also, by the way, a card that you could use as commander. We'll talk about more of this in the set review, of course. It's an elemental, uh, sorry, a Nightmare Beast elemental, and it has Mutate for two, and then a hybrid blue-green. It's hybrid blue-black. Sorry, hybrid green-black, green-black. Blue-black, sorry. So again, it's still, it's weird. It, you just need to look at the card. It's, it's green-green and a hybrid blue-black. Yeah, thank you. It has Trample, and it says, you may cast Brockos from your graveyard using its Mutate ability. So this is similar to Otrimi in that it can always come back for the same cost over and over again, and it's just a big, chunky 6-6 Trampler. Once mutate cards get into your graveyard, it's like bye-bye forever, but not with a card like Brocco. So you can always keep mutating and keep getting those triggers, keep triggering your, ability, your creatures that want to get mutated onto. Seems very powerful. Yeah, this is great in the deck because, like I said, I think you'll run into points where you're like, I need to be able to mutate. Mm-hmm. This, will, like, as long as it's in the game, it's in your graveyard, You, it gives you a mutate. Uh, it brings it back, yeah. Yeah, it's something you can mutate For the with. same cost every time. The next one is Dirge Bat. It's two black black for a 4-4 creature bat. It has Mutate for four black black, which is weird. Usually Mutate is less. It has Flash and Flying. Whenever this creature mutates, destroy target creature or planeswalker an opponent controls. Ooh, that's nice. So With even, Flash. Yeah, so you can do this 
incredibly quickly. You can mutate for six mana and blow something up. So this is what I was talking about too. Like if you on your end step dirge bat for its mutate cost onto something and then goes to your turn, Brokos is in the graveyard. Oh, right. I just mutate onto that, destroy something else. Yeah. Pretty sweet. And then, uh, oh, I'll make a copy of it with Phantasmal Image. That doesn't mutate, obviously, but now you've got like something Another that's like that flying, yeah. you know, whatever. Even if you flash it in, let's say you don't have six mana available, you can still flash this in for four mana and then Brokos out of the graveyard or play a commander yeah, and mutate onto it. So it is still a 3-3 flyer for four, which can be the kind of thing that ends games too. That's cool. All right, Gem Razor is the next one up. It's three green for a 4-4 creature beast with mutate for less. One green green. This creature has reach and trample, and whenever this creature mutates, destroy target artifact or enchantment and opponent controls. Cheap mutate cost is really important to the deck to get you those triggers on those really good mutate, yeah. you know, when this creature mutates. And when you mutate a card like this onto another creature that mutates, like if you do Gem Razor onto a Dirge Bat, oh, you'll you're get blowing up so much stuff. And a thing. And if you mutate again, you destroy another enchantment yeah. and a thing. Oh, yeah, pretty yeah. sweet. The next one is Parcel Beast. Two green blue for a 2-4 creature elemental beast. Has mutate for green, blue, and one. No, green and blue, sorry. Oh, sorry. Has mutate for green and blue. And then you can pay one and tap it to look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card, you can put it onto the battlefield. If you don't uh, put it onto the battlefield, you can put it onto your hand. Again, this is a cheap mutate. Two mana. Yeah. So in this effect, you can always use. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cheap, right? It's kind of the Thrasios thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Polywog Symbiote is next. This creature might be the, uh, the the all-star in terms of... It's also an uncommon, I believe. It's one in the blue for a 1-3 creature frog. Each creature spell cast costs one less to cast if it has mutate. Haha. And whenever you cast a creature spell, if it has mutate, draw a card, then discard a card. Ooh. And discard, so. remember, really good with Otrimi because if you discard a mutate card, you can get it back. Right, right. Yeah. So this is, I think, Polywog Symbiote is the card that if, you know, again, we don't know the price of it, so we didn't include it here, but definitely put that in the mutate deck. It's too good. There's a bunch of other cards from the set that you would consider just because they have mutate and whatever. Those are just the best ones. We're obviously not going to go over all of them. We'll talk about a bunch of cards uh, when we get to the set reviews for both of these sets. All right, let's talk really briefly about how the deck plays. We've played these decks around the office a few times. Um, Jimmy? Big creatures, huge threats. People are going to not like what you're doing. (laughs) It just looks scary whenever you've got a card with three other cards stacked on it. Yeah, Even if you're like, hey, it's only a (laughs) 4-4. Yeah, it's like, holy moly. But here's the thing. It is really susceptible to removal. If you don't have like that blink effect or the way to protect it in your hand or you haven't built your deck right, it's going to be a bit of a pain when someone removes your giant thing and then you have been you spent 20 mana let's say into this one creature and it's all gone at once yeah the really important thing i think to make this deck uh, a lot better and more playable is to just mitigate that with every deck brewing choice you make yeah make sure you're going to get value right away with it and you're going to help it protect itself from from getting removed and curve out correctly that's going to be really important to curve out all right, to the listeners, what do you think of the Sultai deck out there, everybody? What cards did we miss? And I'm really interested to see as well what players do with the cards in the main set. So if there's any cards you think that are better than the ones we recommended from the main set, let us know as well. And if you want to get a hold of any of those cards or the cards we just talked about or this pre-con deck or any of the other pre-con decks, go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You can pre-order all of that stuff right now or maybe just order it. We're not sure. No, it's going to be pre-order because mm-hmm. everything got delayed until May 15th. And here's uh, the thing. You can still get an order in. We don't know... Uh, due to the current situation around the world, how timely the shipping is going to be. But I can say this much. When Car Kingdom can ship it, they will ship it to you immediately. It will get there. I'm going to put, you know, my pride on the line. If you order from six different places, Car Kingdom is going to get to you first based on when they're able to start shipping again. Yeah, they definitely are the fastest shippers in the business. Obviously, check on their website right now due to the COVID crisis and find out exactly what's going on. But 
they're going to be handling it as good as anybody can. So cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And of course, as always, a big thank you to Ultra Pro. If you see Ultra Pro products in store, what's remaining right there right now still supports our show if you help support them. And they've been the sponsor of Game Nights and all that stuff for a long time. We really are indebted to them for being such a great company to work with. And as well, keeping our play areas safe, clean, and protecting our cards from damage. There are some really cool, I don't know if it's been revealed yet, like alternate art stuff for this set. I'm hoping that all that stuff still gets produced, manufactured, and shipped out there. I'm sure yeah, card it's super I'm cool. sure Ultra Pro will be the ones doing that because they usually do. So hopefully we can get deck boxes and sleeves with that stuff. Sorry to be cryptic, but I don't know what uh, what is known where at the time this video comes out. <laughs> you'll you'll know it when you see it. Yeah, you'll know when you see it. All right, no all end right. step on these videos. Uh, we've talked about a lot of them, and we're doing a bunch of videos. And plus, hey, magic is the real end step here. We love magic. <laughs> <laughs> Keep playing magic. All right. Big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, and Sam Waldo. Whew. The whole team just killing it here. They're working from home right now, but they are trying as hard as they can to make sure that we get all of this extra content out to you guys. Yep. And they're staying safe. We hope you all stay safe out there as well. And as always, big thank you to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations behind us on set, as well as on Game Nights and starts and ends our show at youtube.com slash the Command Zone Podcast. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG. I bet he's doing a lot more animations right now because he's got some more time at home too. That's true. That's true. So we'll see. All right. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.